on this episode of My Lash Two Brain Cells. Lash brands everywhere are trembling. <laughs> um, Lash brands everywhere are going out of business. Yeah, I saw a video. And away we go. Are we on? Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Maddie Morris. And I'm Elliot Morris. And you are listening to My, my Lash, Lash Two, two Brain Cells. <gasps> Don't change up my <laughs> intro. That's my intro. What if I wanted to harmonize? No harmonizing. My Lash Two Brain Cells. My Lash Two Brain Cells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, we should really have like a cool harmonizing intro. No, that that was it was a joke. It was a gag for the one time. I don't know if that's. A <laughs> I think it'd be kind of cute, kind of cutesy. Okay, we'll put that in the in the. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop. Let's it. practice right now. No, one no, more. we got an episode. I'm your host, Maddie Morris, and I'm, I'm Elliot Morris, and, and you're listening to my, my last two brain cells. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be Did cool. Did we just make the the Perry the platypus intro? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> okay. Thank Guys. You. Please don't please don't click away. Our retention for this beginning is gonna be gone. Everyone clicks away. Everyone clicks we away. We get our first dislike ever. Our first dislike ever. <laughs> <laughs> um the only person that hates my last two bright souls are like, like Betty and Elliot. The intro is too long. I think it's good. Okay. So you guys, today I wanna be talk I want to talk about um. Well, actually, it's not that I want to talk about this. Y'all wanted me to talk about this because I did a story and I was like, what do you guys want me to talk about? And The ev- people have spoken. The people have spoken and I listened to my people and everyone, um, that's, so many people that swiped up said like controversial lash opinions, unpopular lash opinions. Everyone wants the tea. Things about lashes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? You guys are so nosy. You guys are so You're nosy. You're nosy and you love to gossip. <laughs> bad. <laughs> bad. Bad. But also <laughs> we're going to give you exactly what you want. <laughs> <laughs> already well it's just funny like people want that from me but i'm like the least controversial like least edgiest <laughs> no, that's why ever. they want it like they're like give us something literally my i just my biggest fear is like pissing people off and like making that people mad at me because i think here's the thing like i'm very grand scheme of things thinking and i'm like in the grand scheme of things does any of this matter Do, does lashes matter i just want to love on people make people feel good like help people um but you guys want the tea you guys want my little <laughs> and you guys are like maddie be edgy maddie Come on. <laughs> give us some. Oh my gosh, I'll give you a little something. Who like... do you hate? Yes, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> Top five worst lash brands. Go. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> you actually couldn't pay me money to get that out of me. Nah. nah. Like, if so... you couldn't pay me. A... No, nah. I know we couldn't pay you money because that video would kill. <laughs> that video would get so many views. I'm so scared of making people yeah, mad it's not worth it okay my controversial lash take so elliot can't contribute that much to this no, episode that is true. That is um true. so if you're here for elliot click away watch something else um number one and this is the age-old pre-made versus handmade lash debate everyone asked me pre-mades versus pro-mades versus handmade lashes um you all know me i am handmade till the day i die i hand make all of my fans i don't personally use pre-mades um handmade gang Okay. <laughs> I've never been one to use premades, but I have no beef with premades, especially. Um, really? I have no beef with premades. You know, a lot of people would think if you're like a handmade artist, you would be like, premades are trash. Yeah. Yeah. The Get thing, him out of The my thing face. is, is I know what works best for me. Someone that likes to make very customized, you know, dark, beautiful lash sets um, that I just think premades can look. Um, but here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. thing. Premates are not the same as they were 10 years ago as they were five years ago. Premates have evolved a lot. And, you know, five years ago, seven years ago, when I was first starting out, they were trash. Premates were garbage. I remember buying premade lashes and the bases were so chunky. They were like heat bonded with glue. Um, So you're just adding glue to glue. And um, they looked really cheap. And the fibers were unbelievably thin and flat. And they didn't hold a curl. Um, So for me, I always knew that I wanted to prioritize top quality in my business. So I went the handmade route. However, if you're an artist, is getting started today and you really need help with speed and you want to offer volume lashing i think premades are a great option if you want to um you know lash fast and figure it out while you learn handmaids yep. so i think they're a good stepping stone and there are high quality premades out there nowadays and i have nothing bad to say about them i have one bad i you know i think one downside of premades what? you ever you ever seen a box of premades what do you mean you ever looked at a box of pre-mades? yeah i looked at a box of premades what do you what do you see when you look in that box of premades? Oh, little little spiders. The they look like little spiders. They look they it is not they're it not looks attra- scary. They're not attractive. They but, are not attractive but, when they are in the listen, box. But listen, I think that and, and the thing is is like pre-made brands are aware of this. Like they know that they're not for everyone. Yeah. They know that they're for a very specific artist, and I think pre-mades serve a purpose in this industry, and I Absolutely. think they're here to stay. I think pre-mades are not the most cost-effective option, however. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest downsides. The biggest downside of premades, I think, is like, if you're just looking at like your COGS, your cost of goods, cost of um, goods. and like watch how- Watch the last episode. Watch the last episode. If you're looking at your cost of goods, pre-made lashes, if you are like fully booked and doing like beautiful full sets, pre-mades are gonna cost you an arm and a leg in comparison to true. handmade lashes. Um, so if you're looking at your costs and you're like, my costs are too high and you're using pre-mades, easy yeah. way to lower your costs. Start making your own fans. Yeah. I say this in a kind way and not in a it make anyone feel less than. No, but this is not elitist. No, it's not elitist. We just want to help. All I'm saying is if I was to be working with pre-mates 24-7, I would feel like a lash tech and not a lash artist. And I feel like there is yeah. just a true artistry in being able to hand make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fans that are somewhat symmetrical, that are beautiful, that are customized to mm-hmm. each natural lash depending on how long, how thick, how damaged, how whatever it is. I think there's a true art to that that you just can't replicate with pre-mates. But so it takes time to learn that. But it takes time to learn that. So that's why I think pre-mates kind of bridge that gap of yeah. people that want to learn volume and mega volume and want to get good at hand making however there is such a long learning process for most people to get the gap from classic to volume it is is so wide wide for a lot of people that really really struggle because lashing is not easy we all know this um so i think pre-mades high-end pre-mades solve a very good problem for those people i don't think it's a long-term solution or something you you do pay for that solution you pay extra yeah you're gonna pay for for the convenience and you're gonna pay extra but i think that it bridges that gap beautifully between people that are starting out and and advanced volume artists i think you are like the only person who could make your controversial hot takes (laughs) so reasonable (laughs) and and so unlikely to anger anybody (laughs) oh boy well this next one is real spicy what what is it sensitive adhesive is stupid and fake <gasps> lash brands everywhere are trembling <laughs> um lash brands everywhere are going out of business yeah i saw a video today on lash my- brand stocks after this episode <laughs> i just nuked the whole product industry <laughs> no um sensitive adhesive sensitive is a term coined by the cosmetic industry and it means whatever the company wants it to mean there's no like approval of like what sensitive means um and all sensitive means is that there's a uh um, a smaller concentration of the active ingredient in that product. 
is what it usually means. So when lash brands, you know, our lash adhesive is mostly like the main ingredient that makes it sticky is cyanoacrylate. We all know this. Yep. Um, and so when brands have an adhesive marketed as sensitive, they can sell it to people that are like allergic or have sensitivities or reactions and they can market it and be like, well, we have this magical sensitive glue. Um, but there's just a smaller, in most cases, there's just a smaller concentrate of cyanoacrylate, meaning yeah. that the person that has a sensitivity will still react. You know, if someone has a true allergy to it, they'll it's react. not going to fix it. It's yeah. not going to fix it. You're just having people buy more product. And if someone has a sensitivity, generally, mm -hmm. that's due to technique issue. Gen generally, it's due to technique or, not due or, to the the, or the tape. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, generally it's Because if you're doing everything correctly mm -hmm. and your technique is good, that glue should never actually be touching their skin. No. The only thing's touching their skin is the tape, which they can definitely have a sensitivity yeah, to. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so basically, sensitive, sensitive adhesive, anytime I hear the the word sensitive i run i immediately stop listening because it's it's a marketing term it blah, has blah, it has blah blah blah, blah. that's that's my hottest take Dang. if you're a lash brand and you think no i'm different i would love to hear it i would love to hear it i would love to hear it i would love to hear prove it. us wrong yeah um so i was like on my my instagram what is it even called am i a grandma the, ex the explore page my explore page yeah is that what it's called? We're on the when you click the search button. Y'all, I was surfing the World Wide Web today, and <laughs> I was on a AmericaOnline.com. <laughs> I was on I was on Bing today, and this video came up, and this girl was like, "If you have a client with an allergy, and she flashed a picture of like this horribly swollen eyelid, she was like, Ooh. you need to be using our sensitive adhesive." I was like, "No!" And all these baby lash artists in the comments were like, "This is saving my life," yes. and they're running to buy this ninety dollar adhesive Don't that listen. isn't gonna work for them. Don't listen. Stop it. It's a scam. Stop Stop it. I could do a whole scam. episode on lash Stop scams. Stop it. Get some help. I think like 99% of the industry <gasps> is a scam. That's controversial. What's another scam? <laughs> I will not say. Um, oh. Okay. My third most controversial opinion is, and listen, y'all, this is controversial because I am a lash artist with, I like to think I'm a very ethical person. I like to think that I am always doing what is most ethical and listen, the trend of <laughs> <laughs> this I, one is this is probably the most controversial <laughs> one. I think there's a lot of Listen, haters out here. I cringe myself out even talking about it. But um, <laughs> don't click away. Do it. Hear Say me it. out. Can you guys hear me out? Okay, you know, we'll hear you out. Okay, you know the little lash decals, like the little straight to jail, <laughs> straight to jail. Nope. Uh. Uh. <laughs> nope. You know, like no, the little butterflies. <laughs> I like the, the I saw a Halloween one where it was it said boo. Stop. <laughs> stop. Listen to me. Listen to me. I personally would never do them, nor do I know a safe way of doing them because the moment you brush them out, like it's going to be caught and you're not going to be able to like effectively brush and wash your lashes. Um, So I think it's like a hazard and I think it's like, you know, whatever. Not great for the long term of your lash health. Um, However... I think for a little special occasion on the right person, I think they're kind of cute. <laughs> Madison. And at first when people like came out with lash decals or lash gems, I was like, okay, this is super tacky and stupid. But I was at the store the other day. I was at like the grocery store and I Everything saw a girl. Changed. She was probably like the ripe age of 17 and she had a cute little wispy volume set on. She went to a lash artist. She probably paid an extra $10 for this little butterfly. <laughs> and she had a little like sparkly butterfly lash gem. And I was like, purr, that is so cute. <laughs> I think on the right person, it's just cute. Like, you don't have to like it. And it, I know that it's not great for the lashes, but I think as for short term, and it's... It, it hurts nobody. Who's it hurting? Come on. Helps the economy. And everyone's like, well, what if it gets in their eye? Look, anything can get in our eyes. Y you know, we Are have... You get, is, 
driving could kill you <laughs> live a little bit put a last gem on oh my gosh and i see people on instagram I'm like oh my gosh these are the worst things live a little <laughs> live a little girl wow, Madison, how could you say something so controversial yet yeah, so, so brave. brave and i just thought she was so cute because i was like look that girl probably just feels like the baddest baddie at her high school like walking through if i was walking through the doors oh, of my high school man, with a little sparkly with blue, your juicy couture track suit and on. a little blue butterfly on the end of my eyelash extensions oh man i mean that's like boss moves for a 17 year old yeah that's true yeah that's true so i mean look i mean as ugh, i just don't see that much of a problem with it i think people need to relax okay yeah, yeah, chill i think people out. need to calm down cool the jets a bit cool your jets <laughs> would i do them no but i'm also a different lash artist like i'm working you're on, a different breed i'm i'm doing very like editorial sets i'm doing more like you know educational edit- You're, with you the focus is the lashes the f- for me the focus is the lashes and the focus is also like longevity with clients like i focus on having clients that like can well, make- and you have an older clientele i have an older clientele i have a lash artist clientele so my my clients really don't like care about stuff like that but like i just i think it's kind of cute whatever live your life <laughs> okay my fourth controversial lash take is um i want to talk about anime lashes let's do it for a hot minute let's do it okay Anime lashes were trending for a minute. Perhaps you've heard of them. Perhaps you've heard of them. I think they, like true anime lashes. I'm not talking about wet sets. I'm not talking about wussy sets. I'm talking about the anime style lashes. It's that set where the tips are like triangular peaks. Where they look like it's out of an anime. It looks like it is physically out of an anime. It's cartoony and the tips are actual triangles with like total spike. Wait a minute. I, I think I am like the number one person in the U.S. that has seen the most lashes in my life. I think I've just been looking at people's eyeballs for so I think technically you are <laughs> one, one of, of if not the most, like, technically That has, like, studied eyelash extensions yeah, for, like, for a sure. really long time. And when I tell you, I have never seen a human being with anime lashes in real life in my entire life. I have never met someone that Facts. has that style. True. I have only seen pictures of it. I have only seen viral images and viral videos of it. I don't know any like lash artists that are capable of doing it like well, those... I, I think there's two reasons you haven't seen them in, in real life yes one one i think they are incredibly difficult to execute a look like that absolutely. that you can maintain every day because that kind of style well, it's impossible it's, it's difficult to execute a look like that and uh-huh. then it is impossible for that to maintain every day yes because they're like these they're physical peaks and so you would be having to use like a primer or some sort of like styling styling spray or gel or tool if you wanted that to last like for days you would have to like physically melt the ends of the lashes together yeah 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 or like glue the tips together yeah a more realistic alternative would be like a wet set or a spiky set yeah but anime lashes and there is like a few videos and pictures that went super viral if you look up close at the videos and pictures that went viral there is a filter over the lashes it's not real no you are getting scammed everyone's like man these these girls are so talented look at these i could never create a set no no one could create Guys, a set like that the vid- it's a filter the original video of anime lashes that went viral and i'm not saying anything bad about like the work because the work was cute it was probably a cute little wispy set but Super it, cute. elliot was like madison you have to do these these are trending and i go elliot that is physically not like a look that is like easy to replicate and i zoomed and zoomed and zoomed and zoomed because i had never seen a set like this and i zoomed in enough and the lashes were hovering and it was a 
filter that made them spiked like Can that. Can you believe? I was like, I think there's a time and a place for like editing photos, but like if you're going to advertise that like this is what the set looks like, it has to be what the set will look like. Yeah. Yeah. You probably shouldn't use filters. And so anime lashes, I think, I think a more realistic approach to it is like, okay, like anime lashes should be like kind of a spiky. They look like an anime, but those physical peaks where it looks like an actual like triangle yeah. is impossible to maintain yeah. not impossible to create because if you... you did something like that it looked like that on your client as yeah. soon as they leave their lashes dry out they brush their lashes they sleep their tips are going to spread out they're not going to stay in this perfect thing like they're going to and because there, and because there is such a sp like it's just a style i personally don't love and because there is so much separation between those peaks of texture um it's and so they're like skipping lashes a lot of that like it's not going to be a set that looks good a week from then they would be putting stress on the naturals if they're like pulling it in yeah so i think like there are ways to do spiky sets and wispy sets that look kind of like anime-ish but I, I just don't think it's a style that's very easy to maintain i think it's gonna look possible to i think it's gonna look really worn in after a week real rough yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. but boy are they pretty yeah crazy i think they're pretty I yeah. have no beef with anyone that's like specializing in anime lashes. I personally just don't know anyone that specializes in anime lashes. Facts. Yeah. Um, okay. And my last one, this is one that Elliot wanted to talk about. This, I is, did. this is my hot take. <laughs> this is Elliot's this controversial, is my controversial lash controversial opinion. Take. I think if you are starting out as a lash artist, say you're making under, what do you think is a, a like a good place? Like they're making under what amount? would you say like 70k yeah under 70k yeah yeah, yeah. if if you're I think, making i think a lot of lash artists make yeah. like 70k yeah i think if you're making under seventy thousand dollars a year or significantly under seventy thousand dollars a year as a lash artist you're independent um if you're or you're working in a salon and you're like your goal is to go independent start your own business i think there is very little if not zero point in you saving money and controversial sounds crazy sounds and a lot of people and a lot of people write to me and they ask how they can be saving money and like uh, here's the thing i believe you should have an emergency fund Absolutely. i believe you should you should have an emergency you fund be, you should you have should... two three months preferably three at least three months of savings saved yeah. up so that if anything happens you're at least okay for and three when months. you're starting and i think you should be like what we talked about i think you should be living below your means absolutely saving up having an emergency fund See? and so you're thinking okay you say live below my means but then you say don't save money what do you mean what do you mean? This is what I mean. If you. <laughs> this is what I mean. When most people talk about savings, when you hear like general, the general wisdom is like, put your money in the S&P 500, put your money in an ETF, put it in, in, in stocks and save up for retirement. That's generally what I think of. And I think most people think of when they think of savings, you think of a 401k or an IRA and you're, you're saving a retirement fund. If you are an independent lash artist, you're making under $70,000 a year, the amount that you're saving, granted, the money you save now is going to be a lot more effective at building a retirement fund than the money that you save 10 years from now because you have the compounding interest. But still, I think that it is far more valuable after you've set aside a uh, an emergency fund to take the money that you're living below your means Take the money that you would be saving in a 401k, an IRA, just in a in a like stock portfolio you're saving up for retirement. Take that money. Instead, invest it into your education. Invest it into your business. Because if you are saving money for retirement and you're thinking, okay, I just want to be good in 
30 years. I want to have a retirement fund. I want it to be okay. If you're saving enough money to have a million dollars in retirement, once you get to retirement 40 years from now, a million dollars is going to be worth like $400,000 today. It's not going to be enough for you to live on. And so you're thinking, wow, that's really depressing. Like, what am I supposed to do? If you instead take that money that you would be putting into a retirement fund, into wherever, you invest it into improving your skills and making yourself a better lash artist, like taking good trainings so that you can charge higher prices, help fill your books, taking whatever trainings you think you need to help improve your business, whether that's business trainings, you need to improve on the business side, or whether that's technique trainings, you need to improve your technique so that you can charge more and get more clients. That is the number one place you should be spending your money. And then once you've gotten to a point where your um, technique is where you want it to be, you think your business is in a solid place for like an independent lash artist, then start saving up that money, but not in a retirement fund. Save up that money and then invest it into your own business because the way the S&P 500 and the stock market works is that you are investing into owning a tiny part of a bunch of different companies. And you're basically betting that all these companies are going to grow over time. You have zero influence over that. What you do have influence over is the outcome and the production of your own business. And so it is my personal belief that I would, if I had to choose, I would much rather save my money and put it into something that I can control and that I can influence the output of so that I could grow it more than what the S&P is going to do, what the a random ETF is going to do. If you look at anyone who built real lasting wealth, any anyone who's actually like a person ignoring like the crazy like one-offs like the crypto bros who who invested in dogecoin before it was big <laughs> not the crypto you bros at, who invested in dogecoin you look at 95 percent, 99 98 percent of people who are wealthy in america they all own some sort of business or they own some sort of assets a lot of people made money in real estate a lot of money people a lot of people made money in their own businesses but the the um, common thread is that they all made money doing something where they could get outsized returns. And now an outsized return is a return in excess of what the overall market would give you. So the overall market can give you 7% a year on average. That's what you would get over a 40-year period on average if you invested in the S&P 500. But for most small business owners, you can get a greater return than that by investing in your business. And the caveat of that is that there is more risk of doing that because if you do it in a poor way, if you make poor investments into your business, it's much easier to make poor investments into your business than it is to make a poor investment in the S&P 500 because there's only one thing that you can buy. It's this bucket of stocks and you just put your money in that. They're probably going to do 7% on average a year. If you invest in your business and you make stupid investments in your business, you can just lose all that money. But if you take that money, you make smart investments in your business, then you can make way above a 7% return on that. You can make 50, 100% returns on that money by making thoughtful, good investments into your business. Now, what are some of those investments that you could make? Maybe if you're an independent lash artist, you could invest in, you know, leasing a larger space than you need and renting out the extra room to other lash artists. And then maybe that pays for your space as well. Or maybe you could invest in, maybe you 
um, have listened to our episode on why we don't want to start a product line and you think, you know what, starting a product line is right for me. I'm in the position where I want to invest in, um, I want to put in the work up front to find good products and I want to save money on my own end on products and I want to um, start a product line. That could be a great way to save money because if you're starting a product line, you're wholesaling all this product, you're going to get your product for cheaper. That's a way that you can lower your expenses, but it does require an upfront investment. Um, another easy way if you don't want to start a product line is just start wholesaling from an existing product line that you like. Start placing three $5,000 orders with them, yeah. meet their minimum order quantity for wholesaling. Once you start making a little money, like you just have to spend money to make money. Yeah. Yeah. And and But you don't have to at first. Mm -hmm. You don't have to at first. But once you do start making money, you can leverage that money that you're making to make more money. Your business is like the best thing you can invest in. 100%. It it's absolutely your is. your business. And I am always very careful when we give advice like this to try and correct for the um, for the survivorship bias that we have. Like, obviously, we invested everything we had into our business and it really worked out for us. Like, we invested literally. But I'm our, aware that we took on so much risk. We took, and like, it that absolutely could have not worked out. That's the thing. Everyone is like, how did you know that like the studios and everything would work out? How did you know that you weren't going to be homeless? I did it. We it didn't. was. <laughs> we didn't. And at one point I said, Elliot, what's the worst case scenario? And he said, this is the worst case scenario. But the thing like, is, when you are, um, when you are like in your 20s and you're young, hopefully you, if you, especially if you have some sort of support system in your life. Yeah. You can only lose 100% of what you have, mm -hmm. but you could make. 10,000 percent yeah and that's something that like a lot of crypto bros will say like yeah. there you can only lose 100 percent, but you can make 10,000 percent returns but it's really true like um jeff bezos has a very famous quote where he says business is the only game where he, he he was comparing it to baseball and he said in baseball if you hit the perfect hit you hit the best hit of your life the most like you're up to bat mm -hmm. you hit it just perfectly the bases are loaded the most you can score is four runs you performed under pressure you hit it out of the park you got a home run, you get four runs, you get four points. In business, if you, the bases are loaded, you do the same thing, you hit it out of the park, you can get a 10,000 time return. Mm -hmm. And you you score 10,000 points instead of just going, scoring four points. And so, especially if you're just starting out, you don't have a lot to lose in your business, especially if, like you've been going for six months, you've saved up $5,000 and you're like, I'm going to take this $5,000. I'm going to place a wholesale order. That's a really low risk thing you can yeah. do, honestly, because you know, you're probably going to do it. You're just going to be lowering your overhead. But say maybe you've been doing this for a year and you think, okay, I want to, um, I want to lease a space to uh, rent out to other people. Don't take on more than what you can afford. Try and think of the worst case scenario. Prepare for that. But if you can take on a little bit of risk, spend some of your money that you have up front. Maybe you have to fix the space up a little bit. And then you can rent the other area to maybe two or three other lash artists. And then you cover your expenses. Well, you just made a... 30% return on that money, whereas you would have only made 7% if you had just put it in the stock market. So just try as you go through your business and as you go through life and you're saving up money and hopefully you're you're getting clients, you're raising your prices, everything's going well. Think of ways that you can take that money and invest it into yourself and into your business so that you can increase the money you're making in the future instead of just putting that money away and then taking it out 50 years from now. Mm -hmm. If you spend that money now to double your income, 
then 50 years from now, you're going to have six, seven times as much as what you would have if you just put all that money away. Um, it's and like, I, it, is oh, yeah. educated risk the term? Yeah, yeah, uh, calculated risk. The way I like, to, yeah. You want to take calculated risks. Everyone's always like, you're such a risk taker. I'm like, well, I take very educated risks. You I do. don't just take risks. Yeah. I think they're fun and cool and I'm a daredevil. Like, exactly, 100%. I take, I take risks where I've weighed the options and I know how much I can afford and I know how much I can put into it yep. and I know the output that I can expect. Yep, and as you progress through your business, you should be taking on less and less risk because at the beginning, you don't have a whole lot to lose. Yeah. And so if you take risk, it doesn't work out. You're back to square one. Well, you're only back one or two steps. But once you're 10 years into your career, you're not able to take those risks because at that point, hopefully, like like where we're at right now, we would not take the risk of starting the studios. Um, like we would not take the risk of starting studios in the way that we did to start these ones again because it was very risky for us to start these studios it took a very large percentage of our net worth it took more than our net worth honestly and we had to um, get outside investment for it to cover all the costs of it it went over budget there was all this stuff that went wrong and it was a very risky thing to do but it paid off and now that we have this we would not take that size of risk again because we have a lot more to lose. And so the next studios we do, we are going to make sure we have so much more of a buffer, but even then it'll take us far less time to build up that buffer than it would if we had just waited an extra five years to start these studios. Because we took this risk at first, it brought all these future opportunities way closer to us so that now when we start our second location, we can do it while taking on way less risk and it can be way bigger than this one, but we can do that because we took the risk of starting this one. So I think take risk earlier in your last career, take bigger risks. And then as you move on in your last career, take less risks. I think that's the the less like clickbaity way to say it. But the clickbaity way to say it is don't save money. <laughs> so. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks, babe. Don't mind me taking little clips. I just honestly wanted clips from other angles to like Aww. post throughout the week. That's so sweet. Yeah. And I think that was like very informative and very good. Oh, nice. I think our controversial lash opinions were like so not controversial. They were so milk toast. But honestly, I just like with lashing technically with technically like the technicalities of lashing i think like if you know the rules you could break them and i think that you should like understand the fundamentals and i think that like lash health should be your number one priority and i think that like client experience and lash health and like understanding the true fundamentals of what you're doing is key and then after that i think that everything is kind of a little bit up to like artistry because it's like Artistry has no rules, but I think the fundamentals of lashing does. Facts. So I think that if you understand application, if you understand placement, if you understand how adhesive works, product knowledge, client comfort, all that sort of good stuff, then I think where artistry comes in is that you can be able to like, uh, you know, take creative risk and experiment with texture and experiment with layers and color and, decals. and decals. I mean, <laughs> but all that fun stuff, you know, it's yeah. like there's there's a perfect balance for lashing. So that's why my opinions really aren't controversial, because that's just like my core belief that's is like it. if you understand the fundamentals, like if you know the rules, you can break them a little bit. You know, that was Picasso. Have fun, babe. He said that. Did he say that? Yeah, he said you got to know the rules so you can break the rules. I literally I thought, think that was Picasso. Well, I literally thought I made that up. Well, I legitimately I hate to break it to you. Elliot, I thought I was genius <laughs> for that. You thought you were Picasso. I was like Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Madison, <laughs> Madison Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you Don't all. Don't you hate that when you think you say when you think you thought so of something, good. but it was just someone else. I was like, if you know the rules, you can break them. And that's a Maddie Morris promise. <laughs>
<laughs> didn't make it up at all. Picasso in his grave, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, Picasso would have loved my last two brains. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I. Um, that's a fact. Well, you guys, I hope you learned something from this episode. Speaking of... Um, inv- oh, yeah. We got to go. We have to go. Because I got to go to bed early. Elliot has a flight to catch. I got a flight to catch. Bye, you guys. Have a great week. We love you. Smooches. Bye. Bye.